Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the Beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the bad, messy, hard parts of your life collide with the good, amazing, great parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful person that you are. On this podcast, you are going to hear from people from all walks of life, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the Beautiful Collision podcast. Um, So we are still in the Jesus Changed My Life series, and it's a super exciting series. And so I'm glad you've been listening. I'm really excited for today's guest. And so today, today I have Beth Flatley. Um, And so uh, we, she's a really good friend of mine. We met at church. Um, And so Beth, say hello. Hey, y'all. Hey. It's so weird she, I say y'all now. Yeah, she got the Texan, <laughs> a- Texan accent. Instead or, of you guys. There you go. <laughs> and so, and that makes sense because she's not originally from Houston or no. Texas. So, Beth, briefly tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, and like what is one of your favorite hobbies. So I know that's like a loaded question, but. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know I can talk. <laughs> yes. Um, so technically, I'm Elizabeth, but almost okay. everyone calls me Beth. Okay. Um, I tried to change it once and it was like. I didn't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> like, officially change it? No, like, in college, okay. I told everyone my name was Liz, and then, like, I kept flipping back to Beth. Oh, so. my gosh, that's fun. Yeah. But, um, so I'm actually from the Northeast, from New England, so I'm from a smaller town called okay. Townsend, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to University of Connecticut for all my college years and okay. grad school, and then moved here. Um, I'm a pharmacist uh-huh. by profession, mm-hmm. um, and I work at a clinic for that I love for... Um, Mostly pregnant women and kids, okay. which is kind of cool. Cool. Um, and then things I love. Yeah, hobbies. Like um, hobbies. I, I love something. running yeah, a that's, lot. That's, that's it's one gonna... of my favorite things, especially with a good playlist uh-huh. and, like, a pretty spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, running in, like, a city with a bit of nature uh-huh. or to, like, explore a spot is awesome. Wait, so where do you run in Houston? Because I feel like Houston doesn't have as many pretty spots to run in. Oh, it does. Okay. I even run through neighborhoods to find spots. Okay. Like, on my birthday, I almost ran into my work. Oh, I wow. just, like, went down a bayou, and so I ended up in, like, the A-Leaf-ish okay. Sharpstown neighborhood by okay. the bayou, and I just see things and, like, So you, people. like, run through the neighborhoods and... It's, like, how I explore. Like, when I was in Memphis okay. interviewing, I would just run. Oh. Like, when I've traveled to Africa, when it was safe, you know, yeah. like, ran up a hill in Masir, like, it's just fun. What? Have you always been a runner, or... Like, did you do that, uh, what's it called, in, uh, like, high school and college, like, or what got you into that? Yeah, so my family, like, sports were a big deal in my family. Yeah. And I always loved just being active and yeah. outside. Um, I actually did karate, and so I love kickboxing, too. Oh, okay. Um, but I think the way I started in running mm-hmm. is we had, I played field hockey. Okay. And we had to do a time two mile as the first part of our tryouts every summer. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm not always the best at things, but I'm like the try real harder. Yeah. So one summer I ran, I had my mom drive. This was like pre, this was like MapQuest era. Okay. And I had my mom drive in her van to measure out like a mile and two miles for my house. Okay. And every day that summer I ran one or two miles. So I became the best runner on the non-running team. Oh my gosh. Like for the time miles. And I just realized I loved it. I had my little Walkman mm-hmm. with my mixtapes. I think that was when like College Dropout came out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then like I would make, you know, you could burn CDs yeah. too. Oh, so, the age of burning CDs. Yeah. <laughs> and then in college, like I just learned running is how I process things. Yeah. Do um, you... um? Would you say, so when you did that, would, would you say you have like more also like a competitive side to you or is that just something like, okay, I'm going to, I want to be the best at this sort of situation? It's honestly running was bomb for like my mental health and okay. thinking, Yeah. but if I run with people, I am going to try yeah. to get, like, <laughs> I am kind of competitive Yeah. because yeah. whenever people tell me like, now nah, you, you can't do that. Or mm-hmm. like in school people, teachers would be like, I don't give A's Yeah. or like people don't usually do well on this. Yeah. I would be like, hmm okay yeah like challenge accepted yes um yeah and like my sister won't run with me anymore (laughs) or certain people um so I'm not wicked competitive but like a little bit no I mean I feel like everyone has a little bit of that well maybe not everyone and it was a great feeling to win like beat everyone right and start the tryouts like you make a good impression on your coach no I I agree like I think um I think 
for me too, like, especially when I'm doing something with people, because we're both kind of like people oriented yeah. people. Yeah, it's yeah. like the competitive edge like comes like a little bit more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's like a spirit of excellence. Yes. Like, you know, growing up, like, it, I guess we did get participation trophies, <laughs> but it's kind of like, if you're going to do this, like, you're going to try. Exactly. You know? Participation <laughs> trophies. I got so many I actually those. did, and my parents had so many. <laughs> and my dad is pretty sentimental, so he, like, didn't want to get rid of them without Aww. asking. And um, we're like, Dad, we you got to, Get rid like, of them because <laughs> we didn't make it. No. That's so funny. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, but, so you grew up in a small town. Yeah, smallish. smallish town. So it's yeah. outside of... Is it, what's the closest so, major city? Um, so actually, <laughs> well, major city. Yeah. Um, so it's like an hour west of Boston. Okay. But Lowell and Worcester, Mass are okay. closer cities near okay. us. So going, living in a small, small, coming from a small city and then moving to Houston, I feel like I always ask guests this who are like from small towns and then moving yeah. to Houston, what were kind of the shocks about a big city? Like, did you know you always wanted to live in a big city? Was it really a shock for you at all? Um, or like... Kind of what were the pros and cons of growing up in a small town and then moving to a big city? Yeah. Because so, UConn is in a UConn, small, like a college town, Yeah, right? yeah UConn exactly. is kind of like a lot of the state schools and yeah. that it started as ag. Yeah. So, like, the school is the city part. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, after I finished at UConn, I lived in a small city in Connecticut to do rotations called Middletown. Okay. So I kind of got a little bigger as I went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I spent a year in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Where... Um, and that's getting closer to New York City and is like a small city of its own. Okay. So I started getting more city experience. Yeah. And um, I can't say I always wanted to live in a city, mm-hmm. but from when I can remember like choosing for myself, yeah. I was drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had wanted to go to college in a city, uh-huh. but realized how expensive it was. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be broke, period, and I won't have money to do. And just UConn for a number of reasons like made more sense. Yeah. So it was kind of, as soon as I get a choice, I would love to move to a city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I moved here, I wouldn't say the city part was as much of a shock. Uh-huh. Like it's certainly a bigger city than anywhere I'd been. Um, but I had been to like New York city yeah. before, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, this was my second year of residency that I went. So I actually interviewed in a bunch of cities. Okay, cool. But the biggest shock for me was more the North South thing. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, t- tell me like a few of those things. Cause I'm always intrigued because I grew up in the South, so I was born in South Carolina, but, um, and then I moved to Houston when I was like six or seven or something. So I've been in the South and then I went to college and uni- university of North Carolina. Yeah. Which, which is, is like upper South, which is like upper South. Um, yeah. So I've always done the South thing. And then I, but after that I lived on the West coast, like I lived in California oh, for yeah. like a year. Um, so I kind of got the difference of the West and the South, just like how, but I've never lived in the Northeast, and my brother, uh, my brother goes to call. My brother went to college and then stayed in Boston and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I have another brother right now, um, um, up there too. So I just want to know, like, what were some of the biggest ones? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot differences. So that's what I didn't expect. Okay, and I really love Houston, and I think a beautiful thing is the diversity, and yeah. you can find a little bit of everything. Yeah. So what's cool is every once in a while I found someone from the Northeast, mm-hmm. and that helped like temper it. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was just, uh, so people think we're real cold from the Northeast. Like, oh, like cold personality. Yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, I would say like big differences are kind of like the concept of time culturally a bit. Okay. (laughs) And um, just like the expectation, I guess, with like interactions and small talk and stuff. Like I remember before I moved down here, I met a guy, um... I, I knew a couple people from Alabama. I okay. encountered some people. And I remember they would, like, greet everyone. And there was one guy that was just there for, like, a month. Uh-huh. And we, like, walked into a library one day. And he's, like, opening the door saying hey to everyone. Like, uh-huh. hey, sir, thanks so much. And, yeah. like, all this in his accent. And he was just, like, why are people so rude? And I was, like, it's not like that. Like, <laughs> you just, like, keep it moving kind of. Yeah. And so I used to actually get in a lot of trouble, sort of. I had a lot of struggles my first year here. But some of it was, like... I just didn't understand that culture. Yeah. Of like, yeah. With patience and with my mentors and preceptors, like, I was like, why are you hugging me? Like, I don't know you like that. <laughs> like, even at church, like, a lot of people would just try to be friendly, and I'm like, like, I, just I have my family. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know you. Exactly. No, that's so funny. So, when and I... And, like, I would ahead. try to stay on time with appointments, and then I'd be, like, rude for trying to, like, keep it, you know? So, uh, so would you say, I didn't... I 
I didn't think that was a sub, just a something, but that makes sense. But that, um, like the time thing, like people are a lot less <laughs> on time in the South. I don't know. Like it depends a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, like in my family, we have polar opposites. Like I got people who are like always on time yeah. and then like we joke, like rag on some people cause they are like never ever on time. Yes. Like you lie to them at what mm-hmm. time the event is. So I can't say it's for everyone, but like. It feels like certain things you like stick more Mm -hmm. to it, you know? Yeah. So it's funny. I went to New York City for the first time with my job like the last two years. And I had a friend that lived there. So I like went and saw her. And so we were on the like um, subway, obviously. And like going down the little escalator thing. Yeah. And I was just like standing there talking to her. And she like grabbed me. She was like, this is rush hour. Like you have to move. Yeah. (laughs) Because people are going to like come up here and people... They may not say anything. They might go, <clears throat> you know, like, yeah. and I just like, didn't think about that, but it was just funny. Cause I was like, oh, that's the, you know, kind of like the, the culture, like here in the sense of, she's like, not as many people. And if they say, excuse me, it may not sound as like, well, like n- nice would be like, you know, excuse me, like get out of the way. Like you're in the lane. You just have unspoken rules. Yeah. That, like, okay, you're, you see on this side and you, and so I just thought that was really funny. Cause I was like, Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. And she was like, do not get trampled on move. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember college touring in New York city with my dad and like, I'm just staring at everything. And he's like, come on, like step out. Like you have a purpose. <laughs> and like, and I thought he was like running through the blocks, yeah. but, but it was funny. And, um, I don't know. So there's some other stuff. Yeah. But even, like, we don't say bless your heart up north. Like, there's, like, Mm -hmm. we don't throw shade the same way. (laughs) (laughs) You don't throw shade. Yeah, I feel like. And, like, outdoors. mm -hmm. Some of the eating habits. I never, I don't think they say that as much. Like, I feel like Houston's a very unique city in the South. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't hear that as much because I grew up in Houston. But I do know, like, the kind of what I would equate the deep South. Um, you hear that a lot more. And I heard that a lot more in um, North Carolina because I had a lot more friends um, from some of the smaller towns or things like that. But um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. And like using Miss and Mr. really threw me a loop because I had an aunt who lived down here a lot. And we popped by her house when my dad helped me move down here. And she like explained that to me was like, so so you know, Beth, like you're going to, you need to like, to Mm -hmm. be respectful, you call people like Miss whatever and stuff. And I grew up, my dad would always say, like, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. And I get in trouble for not. <laughs> but it really threw me for a loop, like, how to address people. Yeah. I was like, like, so if they're five years older than me, do I say this? Or, like, yes. I don't know. It, I still sometimes am figuring it out. There you go. Hey, it's a learning curve. Um, but that's awesome. And so you've been in Houston now for how many years? Shoot. Six? Six, seven. I don't know. What year did you come up? <laughs> what year is it now? So I graduated in 13. And then did my first year in C14. So I came down in 14, six years. Wow. Yeah. So you've been, and I've been saved five years. I got saved like a year. Yeah. yeah. I think six. Yeah. Six Dang. years. Yeah. Crazy. It's, <laughs> wow. That's so, that's so long. I, yeah. I moved back to Houston like a year or two after that. So yeah. I've been here like four, five years. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit because... Um, you actually kind of started on that little segue. Um, and so we, once again, we've met at church, um, mm-hmm. and I've known you for the last, probably since I've been officially attending city life and like getting involved because we were in the same small group. Yeah. Study, yeah. Um, whatever you want to call it. Um, and one thing I have personally seen is literally God, like worked through you so much in the years that I've known you. Yeah, I sucked <laughs> for no, a long time. Not that you I sucked. I mean, there is no condemnation, right? <laughs> not that you sucked. No, no, no. But, not uh, that you sucked at all. My heart no, has been yeah. changed. Yeah. No, I've seen I've seen God kind of work through you a lot. And so um, I just want to kind of talk about that a little bit um, in light of this series. But you talked about, so you moved here and you got saved like a year after yeah, okay. like finally. And that was actually the second time I thought I got saved. <laughs> I'd been going to a church in Connecticut yeah. where these pastors were real awesome, but I just didn't understand everything. Yeah, tell so. us a little bit kind of about what, you know, what Christians would call like your salvation story. Yeah. Like what, what that looked like. And they'll ask some questions on it, but yeah. yeah. So I'm 31 now. Yeah. And I think I technically I was, I had just turned or was about to turn 26 when I got saved. So yeah. 
for some people kind of later. Yeah. Um, in I guess thematically, like the cool thing is there was just always like a long calling on my life from God. Mm-hmm. Like memories looking back now when I was little. Yeah. He was always there and there was always stuff, but um, like I can think of so many things. Yeah. But I guess he just waited for me to really like yeah. receive it and let go. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause control is something I still struggle with. Yeah. Um, don't we in that heart, man? Yeah. Don't we all to some degree to struggle? <laughs> yeah. With control, yeah. And it can pop up when you don't realize. Yeah. Such as in yeah. the era of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't control nothing. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I grew up. I'm the oldest of three. Okay. Um, I was a bit of a daddy's girl. Like my dad is the oldest too. Okay. So we have that like Connection. achiever kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in, I guess, culturally, you'd call it like an Irish Catholic itch family. Okay. Like there's three kids in my family, but my mom and dad each come from families of 10 and six. Mm-hmm. So I have a big extended family. Um, and we, I grew up like doing, they call it CCD is like church school for Catholic okay. education. Mm-hmm. And there were periods in life. Um, it was especially big for like my grandparents and most of my relatives are probably now like protestant some mm-hmm. are believers um catholic or maybe agnostic yeah but um so i grew up with some faith background mm-hmm. and um i always had a concept like i believe in god like yeah um but it wasn't a huge like i didn't know the relevance to me mm-hmm. or like the identity found in that yeah and i can't say i ever really learned how to articulate the gospel yeah till much later Um, so I was an achiever. I was pretty goal oriented and kind of trying to please people. So I was always like, probably from genetics and all kinds of things in my try hard. I was always top of my class, involved in a lot of things, kept busy with sports. Were you valedictorian? Yes. Ah, I never knew that. (laughs) It was like weird, but I mean, but from a small town, but, but yeah, that's, that's cool. Anyways, keep going. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I tried really hard, but, um, I always had kind of low confidence and like relationships were always hard for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't realize it till later kind of when I came into a change when I was in high school and had to think about what I'm doing next, Right. that I had a lot of anxiety and actually got diagnosed with OCD. Yeah. And it popped up first as like fears basically and not knowing like who I am or what I'm doing. Yeah. And the scariest part of that is like, no one could tell me I couldn't rationalize like, this is who you are. You know, it's like faith. Like you can't actually see it or prove it. Yeah. So it would just drive me nuts. But, um, so I kind of got a handle on that, went to college, um, kept trying hard, but found that like, no matter how much I achieved, like top of the class made this team, you know, like went to this place, it wasn't quite it. Mm -hmm. And I had that faith background. So I believed in God. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of people would actually like reach out at points. Like, there was actually a girl like in college in that witnessed to me or no. tried to after Spanish class one day. <laughs> and she's like, do you want to come to this meeting? And she told me her whole salvation story, like deep stuff. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, nope. <laughs> I was so cold. But it was really just like I didn't know my identity. And yeah. in college, it popped up again when I was just not sure what to do. When I was so unhappy, I started just like disordered eating habits and yeah. Um, exercise just to control. Yeah. And then when I was unhappy, I was like, I tried all this for so long. Like, let me start, you know, doing the college life. And I started like partying some Mm -hmm. and dating guys. I had no business trying to date or talking or whatever you call it. And I just got more and more broken. Yeah. Um, and I think actually one year I lived with a girl whose dad was a pastor. They were Ghanaian. In college. Uh Uh-huh. And I think there was just these little pulls. So like there was that girl on campus Um, I knew some people who were Catholic and would go to church on campus. I'd gone to this Judaism. I actually got to go to like a Jewish Sabbath thing. There's little polls. Yeah. And ultimately I just realized like, I don't know, like, I feel like I tried everything and it doesn't bring fulfillment. Yeah. And so that really started my discovery Mm -hmm. of moving towards Jesus. But this was literally three years before I was saved. Okay. So it was this long process. Yeah. Um, And it started with, I used to watch a show called The Game. And it was on BET. Yes, I, yeah, I remember And that. what there's randomly, it must have been like Sunday Best or something. Yeah. Kirk Franklin's song, Give Me, with yeah. Molly Music was on. And that became like an anthem for me when I was like yeah. down in college. I would just listen to that. Yeah. And that kind of started me pursuing. Yeah. So the next year I started, I found a church in the town I moved to for, for rotations. Rotations. Okay. Um, in Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty diverse church. Yeah. And 
the pastors really like reached out to me and it started teaching me more about like what the gospel was yeah and I actually prayed the prayer of salvation with the pastor's wife yeah but it didn't do that full heart change yeah um and I still kind of was searching other things and do you feel like do you feel like um at that like when that happened it was still like there's a little saying it was like it the head and the heart, like, the heart of the knowledge of God, like, was not connected still. Like, you were understanding, but it was, like, it still hadn't maybe made its way to your heart in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think, like, the drop wasn't full, yeah. or I couldn't fully submit. Yes. Because there were things I didn't want to let go of. Yes, okay. And even questions, um, I've really had to shut down, like, the need to know everything yeah. about God in order to accept Sim- him fully. Oh, submit, yeah. Because I even remember as a kid, a beautiful thing is my dad never pushed stuff on me. Yeah. But I remember asking questions like, what about the Crusades? Like, that was real bad. Yeah. How are, like, Christians good? Or, like, how did dinosaurs exist? Or, like, yeah. how are we all going to fit in heaven? Yeah. So I've always had these questions. Mm-hmm. And when I started hearing the gospel, too, things started popping up like, well, how is God good if not everyone goes to heaven? Yeah. Or, like... You know, so I just couldn't let go of stuff. And then, like, if you live the certain way, can I give up the way I'm dating? Yeah. Can I not, you know what I mean, date these guys? Can I not party the same way? Yeah. Um, And so I just didn't fully feel ready. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know everything. Yeah. But, um... So that happened. So you had that, uh, you you prayed the, you know, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it, salvation prayer at church uh, in, in Middleton. Yeah. Okay. And then... And then the next year, I moved down here yeah. um, for my second year of residency, and it was totally God, because I wasn't even looking at Houston at first, yeah. but like ran into someone and then had a great experience on the interview. Turns out I was a crappy resident, and I just had a rough year. Yeah. Basically, everything came to a head, because yeah. I had never lived so far away. Yeah. Houston is totally for me, but yeah. it was just tough. The yeah. culture shock, yeah. the program, I was just tired of being in school and training. Yeah. Um, and it all came to a head, and I just started making poor decisions and falling apart. Yeah. And almost actually got out of the program or couldn't continue. And um, I was blessed with some really great supporters at work. Yeah. And people, like, the whole year, these poor people, I would cry every day at work. Aww. And my co-residents, like, wrote me notes Aww. and, like, cheered me on. And they yeah. had their own stuff going on. Yeah. So I was just so blessed. But one guy actually heard me listening to a gospel song one day. Um, when we were both in the office after, and he invited me to City Life. Yeah. And um, so it was weird for me, but I didn't know anyone. I had, like, no, I was new. It was, like, three weeks into living here. Yeah. Um, So literally my first month, he invited me to City Life. And if you ask people in my early days, I was so shook because it was so different. I was like, y'all go to church in the dark. Right. <laughs> like, and he sat in the front, and I had never sat in the front of a church. Yes, and to give people a little bit of context, um, our church um, – uh, it's grown a lot more now, but when we first started, we were actually meeting in a theater. Or is that where you met? When, yeah. Yeah, in a theater. So, and it was, so it was a lot smaller. And so when she also, when also she's saying going to church in the dark, because we were literally meeting inside yeah. the theater. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it wasn't totally dark. Yes. Like, it wasn't creepy. Like, yes. not. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Don't but, hear me in that weird way. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Uh, but it was just so different than any church experience I'd had. Yeah. Um, I had visited, like, Baptist church before, like, a Southern Baptist, like, you know different different things but it was just so different and he sat up front and that just began um me getting connected and like loved in like accepted in that way and that year I kind of went to church sometimes didn't but it was very much clear that like God pulled on my heart more yeah so I got connected to small group like Shawnee Mm -hmm. and um Shawnee started basically discipling me and Gabby, and I didn't even know. Yeah. And it turns out this guy, Chester, him and his small group, he asked people to pray for me, and I didn't even know. Melinda told, our friend Melinda told me that years later. And like, oh, he had told us this girl in his class was, like, struggling and to pray for her. And so fast forward to the end of the year, I got another job, and I had really loved being in community like that. Like, I'd yeah. never been so felt loved, and there yeah. were so many people that checked in. And I remember Eric Steven pre Eric Stevens, one of our elders, yeah. preached one Sunday, and I had just sometimes been going to Bible study. I just sounded like such a prick, <laughs> like or a jerk, yeah. Because I would ask all these weird questions and be like, "Well, where I'm from, we don't do it like that." Yeah. But um, he preached, and I I can't even remember the name of the sermon, but I remember it just hit me. And they did a prayer call, yeah. Like, come up front if you want to be prayed for. And I went up to Christine Ross, and that was so not, like, that was the first time I had done that. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to be in front of people. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know what to do, but I just felt some kind of urge, like, you got to do this, like, that warm tingly. And I remember she asked, like, are you saved? Or, like, have you received Jesus? Or, you know, she said it in much more beautiful way. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, do you want to? And I was like, I don't think I'm ready. And she's like, you don't got to be ready. (laughs) And then we just prayed, and that began, like, just a heart change. Yeah. And so I made that real long, but from then on, things just, like, lightened and for me it's been a gradual process like I was still real hurt and I still had to yeah I'm still finding identity in Jesus but or like from then I just like even like my OCD like I've never had to and I won't say this is everyone's situation but I haven't had to like go back to therapy or take meds yeah like I just have this new freedom. Yeah, no, that's okay. I got so many comments on that. No, that's awesome because one, I think that just is a testament of God, obviously. But this idea of that, like you could see in your life how he's been um, like knocking at your door. That sounds so cliche, but you yeah, know what I mean? like knocking <laughs> like at that your, song. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but knocking at your door, like in your life, and how like we can see in your story, like he planted seeds. And I think that's encouraging sometimes for people that are praying for other people or like yeah. sharing the gospel for other people that you may truly just be like a, a seed plant because I'm, I'm thinking about the girl who was like, Hey, you want to come with me to this in college? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, she, who knows? She, she may have been like, Oh dang. Like it must've been something I eat. I said yeah. or did, or she may not be interested in me, but like that just wasn't, the story that God had written for you yet. And so, yeah. but you remember it now. Like yeah. You remember like those little things and those stepping stones to your salvation. So I think that's really cool because it's like God uses so many different things. And like, we don't know as people when he may awaken somebody's heart, but it is not our job to know that it's our job just to be like obedient, you know, whether that means inviting someone to something or yeah. sharing something with something because you don't know what their story is going to look like. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There's like so many people I wish I could think more specific now. Yeah. Like I have an aunt who's born again and she's always loved on everyone. Yeah. And um, and yeah, like yeah. there are these guys I had crushes on but didn't date who taught me things. Yeah. And I even had a preceptor who yeah. invited me to her church. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So one of the things I was going to ask you is what do you think really just especially – in that time, like, really just drew you to the gospel. I mean, I know God draws us yeah. to, to yeah, the yeah. gospel, but, like, just what are some other things in this newfound freedom that were, uh, were what's the word, were different for you that just, like, stirred your affections for the gospel? I think it was just, like, the peace. Like, yeah. all the Christians I met throughout <laughs> had this steadiness. Yeah. And, that, and it was so much more attractive, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when someone, I think, is really walking with Jesus and knows that's their identity, Yeah, there's just this, like, fulfillment. Yeah. You know, we talk yeah. about fruit of the Spirit, like, you have joy, you have patience, you yeah. have love. Yeah. You can love people different, yeah. you know? Like, it's not all about me, mm-hmm. it's about others. And I always had, like, a call to service. I, like, someone helped. I was like, what is my purpose? I don't know. I was like, maybe... <laughs> what is my purpose in all of life? <laughs> loves, I know. I'm, like, a big question yeah. analyzer. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, service. And even that, though, like, anything, I think, can fall flat without like the gospel like the more I realize it I didn't always want to understand it but I remember traveling to like a foreign city and it was like beautiful and I'm like dang I like hit all these goals and like this is awesome and I'm in this city but I was like this can be so lonely like despite this beautiful view yeah and every you know what I mean I just ate some bomb food (laughs) on a cool run like all my favorite things like Mm -hmm. there's lovely people around but I was like is Mm -hmm. this it and it's like without Jesus I feel like everything could feel like that you know what I mean like what are you achieving but like yeah understanding that we have a greater purpose yeah I was gonna ask you uh, along the lines of that like what differences have you seen in your heart um since kind of like walking with Jesus that makes it very clear that like God must have changed your heart yeah I know you talked a little bit about the OCD thing, but like, what are, yeah, what are some of those things that you're like, oh, I know this is God because this is definitely like not me or like, you know. Yeah, I think like healing, Mm -hmm. um, learning to forgive people. Yeah. It's taken a long time. Yeah. Forgiving and loving people that I, my mom used to always say I love you, but I don't necessarily like you right now. (laughs) Um, But God, especially lately, has really been teaching me to like love. Yeah. Like, say, 
groups of people or styles or personality that normally it just like frustrates me. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm learning like to find those those positive things and like see Jesus in everyone. Like you're all valued. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't matter what what you've done. Mm-hmm. You have this intrinsic value. Yeah. Um, and I think just the ability more to think outside myself. Yeah. I was probably someone who's real self-righteous. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'm getting the good grades. I'm working hard. I deserve this. Yeah. Or like, I need this relationship. Like I need to get married yeah. because it's going to complete me. And that's like the goal I haven't hit. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, um, our old associate pastor, like Randy, yeah. I remember he, t- I don't know if he actually said it, But, like, from knowing him, I, because him and his wife really helped me out in the early days, too. Like, need and deserve are such dirty words. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, now I almost consider them, like, cuss words. (laughs) But, um, because the gospel removes neediness. You know, like, I don't need anything I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't deserve things. So, I think, also, it's taken a while, but the, that realization, like, I don't need other things. Mm -hmm. And I don't deserve you know what I, like yeah no that, I think that's good and I think that's also taken me a while too to like really uh because I started walking with the Lord in college too but I was highly churched in high school in middle school I just did not start walking with the Lord in college for whatever reason but um but yeah this idea of that like I have earned the right to things or people or relationships yeah. or because I'm this person like because I'm you know because I'm this kind of person like I deserve it and it's pride too, you know. Yeah. It's just oh a, yeah. It's just this idea of like you you didn't like you were not you were not it. I think that's what the gospel helps us understand. Like when you understand who God is, you realize like you are not it. Yeah. And so it is only by God's grace that you you get certain things and like they're gifts. Does that make yeah. sense? They're, they're oh, 100%. gifts. And so yeah, I just love that you said that because that's something I've learned. I'm I've always have to remind myself, but have slowly learned is like. I don't need anything, honestly, outside of Jesus, but I want things, and he likes to give his children good gifts, and I don't deserve yeah. a, a lot of things. And I think people could listening to that who may not be Christians can be like, no, like, if you work hard, you deserve certain things. And I think there's a degree to, like, working hard equals a result, but even then, like... There's layers of privilege in that. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, well, what... I mean... Sometimes, but not... A plus B does not equal C. Right. And sometimes you're, you've been put in a situation that, like, gets you to certain things oh, that, yeah. that maybe you worked hard, yes, but, like... You also started off in this situation that other people didn't. So how can you say? How yeah. can you say you just like rightfully earned? And your I place? made all these mistakes that I did not have to pay the full consequence for. Yeah, like, the more I look back, yeah. you know. Yeah, and some people might have to. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so what would you say? Because you talked about this a little bit, the control thing. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone listening who's like, like I, I'm kind of there of the sense of like I. There's just so much I don't understand about this, like, Christian God thing. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, I can't surrender to that. Like, what, yeah. what, and I'm sure a lot of it was God, but, like, how did you compartmentalize that in your head to be like, okay, I don't get everything, but I still want to surrender. Um, and, um, and then I'm sure over time you realize that it is, it's still good, even if I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Does that make sense? What yeah, I'm yeah. Um, and I'll see if I can answer it like, well, to put it better, but cause for me, it was really a gradual thing, Yeah. but I think part of it was really like walking in that, like faith is a, is a choice, yeah. right? Yeah. Like certain things that are actions, right? Yeah. Like to believe, like I choose to believe. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, at some point, like I did ask a lot of questions Yeah. and it really helped me to be around Christians and to see what that looked like. Yeah. And I also unfortunately tried everything else and was miserable. <laughs> like, not everything, but a lot of things. A lot of things, there you go. And I remember one time being in my apartment in Shawnee Kim when I was literally on the floor sobbing and like, I was just like, I'm like miserable. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And there's nothing else. And like, you know, she couldn't fix me. Yeah. Um, but so that combination of like trying other things and not finding satisfaction, I pray not everyone has to do that though. Yeah. Um, and then just being around people and seeing what it looks like mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully people can have Christian community or yeah. now we're so connected, like yeah. see what that looks like. Um, and then ultimately I just had to maybe ask some questions, yeah. you know, 
Um, I read some books. Yeah. Like um, Lee Strobel had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That. Don't the Case know. for Christ. Yeah. And it hits on some of... A preceptor had given it to me or told me to get it. Yeah. It hits on some of those big questions. So I did read that, like, about, like, how does a good God let people go to hell and things yeah. like that, like, big... Um, Theological things, you yeah. know, casual. And I didn't get all of it. But at the end of the day, like, I realized it was a choice. Mm-hmm. And, like, people who choose that have this peace. And what is preventing me? Like, yeah. what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. And other things just didn't make sense. You know, in, in, in college, I was blessed with a pretty diverse experience mm-hmm. and started to get to know people of other faiths. And I had my own background. And, um, you know, where I come from, I think at least tolerance is a big thing. Like, y'all have your own whatever you believe. And so I knew some people who were of other faiths, and it just didn't draw me the same way. You yeah. Know? No, that's, I, that's really good. Because I think the part where you said it, at a certain point, like, you're just going to have to make a choice. And I think people forget. And I tried to, works. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so the gospel removes that. And yeah. It, it takes me a long time to unlearn that. Yeah. I tried works. Yeah. Didn't work out. But I tried working. <laughs> I tried working hard. I, yeah. You know. No, I like that because um, I think sometimes when you're like not a Christian um, or like you're looking at people that are Christians and all there's all these stigmas and that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Yeah. But like at a certain point everything it's ultimately like there's nothing fully in this world that i feel like you can understand completely like even other faiths no. like even sign like all these other things like you have to make a choice at a certain point like yeah. i'm gonna put my faith in this yeah because there's unknown to everything and i honestly think god orchestrated it that way in a lot of ways because to kind of make this point of like you at a certain point even atheism is is faith to a certain degree like at a certain point you put your faith in something um and so i just like that because i think when people struggle with that it's like i need and i'm like well what do you really know all the answers to in your life no yeah and like really anything like if you really think about it yeah (laughs) and i think like you said before sometimes it's pride yeah i don't want to like culturally we don't want to have to submit to something either like for me submit was always a dirty word too because i had this fear and this connotation of Mm -hmm. you know maybe men are better than women like am i going to submit to this man or like the yeah you know it's going to take it we don't want to yeah and i also had these fears of like well religion and faith can be a very manipulated thing yeah so that was something that i was kind of afraid of coming into church in such a community yeah was like and having maybe some mental health struggles was like, ooh, could they manipulate me yeah. to think certain things? Is yeah. it going to be a cult? Yeah. <laughs> like, also, all I had heard of Texas was, like, the Waco thing. <laughs> I was like, they got cults there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like, what are you submitting yourself to? It's going to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I, and what I, better? And it's, like, in Job, right? Like, Job's questioning God and like, why am I suffering all this? And he's just like, I made the whole earth. Like I made all these things. Like essentially you can't handle it. (laughs) Like, why do we think we can handle everything? All the knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You learn and you become this one job and maybe you do five jobs over your life, but like, you can't handle all of it. We're not made that way. (laughs) You know, we're not. No, that's good. Yeah. I, uh, I hope someone's encouraged by that listening. Like, and I'm sure, you know, um, if you're listening, Beth loves to meet new people and talk to new people, so I'm yeah. sure I'm sure she would love to chat with you if you have more questions just yeah. with, with your story, because I think it is a little different than some people who kind of had, I mean, you knew of God, but mm-hmm. had, was, were in homes or in situations where they were deeply churched. Yeah, um, not quite. Yeah, and, and so, um, but, or just people that struggle with the control mentality of like, I need to know all the things, or I don't want to submit, um, and learning that like submitting to god is actually freeing yeah (laughs) where it's not the same definition that humans have put on submit yeah (laughs) and i think it's too like it's a continuous process right like i know the moment i was saved yeah but there were still some things that and still need to be shook out of me you know and that i need to keep submitting yeah so like i submitted and i gave my life that day and i think people could see a change and i could see a change but there are so many things that have to yeah almost like be beaten out you know over time like yeah so it's a continuous so i think i definitely like god is a god of miracles and someone could be saved and have all of these gifts or have certain things removed Uh but i also think 
if it doesn't exactly look like that, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. You know, like... And I would agree. I think for me, too, like, it's process... I mean, that's sanctification. That's biblical. Yeah. Like, God is in sanctification, you know, mainly... Like, God is continuing to prune you um, and take things out that are not of him. But they're putting... He's putting things... He's putting good things in. Like, yeah. Um, what would you say? I, I I am throwing you a little bit of curveball question. No, that's cool. Don't it's good. <laughs> but, I trust you. But what would you say to people? Because then there's other, I think I've heard some people say like, you know, Christians are like bored. Like, what would you say to people who are like, I, I just feel like I'm going to become this, like, I'm going to become a Christian. My life is just going to be like boring and not fulfilling you know like not fulfilling and not exciting oh, I about that too. yeah and what would you say just like a life of like pursuing jesus and walking with jesus to the you know as you continue to grow like what that's been like how it's kind of been the opposite of that yeah actually it's so much more freeing and there are rules you have to submit to and sometimes it's hard at first but that's where community really helped me yeah because i loved getting around like people at clc you know yeah. like i knew I mean, I could name drop all these people, but essentially, like, I remember I would hang out with people, and I'm like, they drink, too, or, like, we can listen to whatever music, too, like, they like hip-hop, or, like, we watch R-rated movies, yeah, like, I just had all these, like, stereotypes broken, like, oh my gosh, he cussed, like, they're, it's not, (laughs) as I used to hear up north sometimes, like, not everyone's this holy roller, like, (laughs) you know what I mean, we're, and even going to, like, stuff like Poets in Autumn, and I love, like, culture, and hearing, like, spoken word and yeah you know like christian hip-hop and stuff and i'm like there's you know people do all these wonderful things that don't have to look a particular way yes like a christian is not this one person we're all broken people who pursue god yeah and if you don't have the same brokenness or your story's different Mm -hmm. like praise god you know like you didn't have to try that or endure that wonderful but it doesn't mean your story doesn't matter yeah and it doesn't mean that you you have to do exactly this. Yeah, you know? and I think that I think the big thing you said at the beginning too is like, you know, there. Yes, as a Christian, like there are things like biblically that we submit to yeah. that are for our good. That's not just like, like that the Lord has called us to do and not do. So like, not do things and yeah. do things. Um, but like, it's not a we don't. It's not a lack of personality as as a believer. Like we we still in because our joy comes from the lord so we we find joy in god created all these things god created us god created us as creatives and to give us like ideas to create things and start things and so there's we can find joy in things in life yeah and like see god in those things you know what i mean like there's there's still excitement like we we still get together and eat and dance and yeah, hang out. Yeah, and I'm like, dang, and, and I've learned to dance more like, since, I'm, <laughs> since I've been a Christian. Yeah. You know, we still do all those things, and we want to love people to the best we can. We're not, we don't always do that no. well, but we're human still, and we, but we ask God to help us do that. And so there is this idea of, like, we love to have fun, and we are really um, – we are really looking at everything through the lens of the gospel to see what, what where God convicts us and where he doesn't um, and like trusting that. Yeah. And I guess the only thing I'd add is like I learned, I think I didn't understand what love was. Yeah. Because even looking at the commandments, yeah. like love the Lord your God, yeah. you know, with all your heart, mind and soul. And I'm like, why is this man making me love him yeah. or like this presence? But I was like, do I even know what love is? Yeah. And that's out of protection, right? Yeah. And out of like submitting and I I just didn't understand why do I have these rules and it's like it's to cover you yeah and like what you know I love that verse in like first Corinthians 13 like love is patient and kind yeah and is that how we act on earth like (laughs) I came from a loving home you know what I mean and we always said I love you and stuff but Mm -hmm. I was like practically do I walk that out and the clear answer was no (laughs) and it's like God is good and he does yeah and he gives us guidelines to like help us yeah you know because i've tried these things and it didn't fulfill or bring love yeah but it's like through this you can yeah so i think i've had to flip my mind to like what is love how do we feel it and how do we express it yeah and how do you see it in the world yeah and is it from just saying i love you yeah nah, like, no no <laughs> <laughs> not fam <laughs> um okay so um before i get to the end of the podcast i do still have one quick 
little area I want to talk about. Um, but so you mentioned in a thing that I sent you, um, sent you before this is that you're passionate about like bridging gaps and learning. Yeah. Can you explain that just a little bit? Like, what do you mean by that? And so I'm still fleshing it out. Okay. But, okay, um, <laughs> but I think like a bridge calling is like one of the clearest things that I've like felt from God that, that like, that's a purpose in my life. Um, and I think that's going to look like, you know, I love like other cultures yeah. and I almost feel most comfortable in like diverse circles, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, I think in knowing that helps us love creation more, right. And yeah. how God has built us. And I love learning about other cultures. Um, and so I think whatever I end up doing, like you want people to be, connected. I have a heart for adoption. Yeah. But like people to understand one another and, um, at work right now, I guess practically it'll look like, like as a pharmacist, I see gaps and maybe, uh, people might have low health literacy, right? Like they don't understand why they take meds or what for. Yeah. So that's a gap I can fill, right? Like yeah. I learn enough to be able to help someone there Yeah. or people there's gaps in economics, right? Yeah. Um, and gaps in privilege yeah. in different races and cultures and yeah. stuff. So helping someone find an affordable med yeah. or educating them or understanding it, like that's a way I practically fill a gap. Yeah. Um, and doing mission trips and getting to be a pharmacist there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, racism in America is yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And when I went to South Africa, it yeah. was very palpable as well. And that's, like, a space where I would love to see where I could help more. Yeah. Um, and just help people, like, understand what is happening or, or see where my place in that is. Yeah. And yeah. so I like reading a lot of Right now, I guess how that looks is I'm trying to educate myself more. Like I just started a book by Latasha Morrison called Be the Bridge. Um, And I have a couple more like that I want to read. And so kind of calling in the future, like maybe I'll be a pharmacist forever. I've always wanted to adopt and maybe have, you know, whatever my family looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved traveling and yeah. Like some of my favorite memories. Yeah. And so right now that's something I have to submit to just trust. But yeah. like I'd love to go back to the DR in Africa. Yeah. yeah. And um it was just so beautiful for me to like feel at home with people that don't look like me or necessarily have the same things, but for us to like Connect. love one another and share, like, oh where I come from, we cook like this. Yeah. And like, do you wanna try my food? And yeah. I'll try um And vice versa, yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, still fleshing it out. Yeah. But just having a heart for other people and helping to understand, it's been cool even like, um, like my grandma is in her late 80s, right? Yeah. And so her experience in life has been a lot different than mine. Yeah. And I'll tell her about some of my travels or some of my friends or what I tried to eat. And it's kind of cool how like by sharing that and being in relation, I think that opens her eyes and other people's eyes to like, yeah. what a big, beautiful world we have. Yeah. You know, like I told her all these foods I ate in Houston <laughs> and she just like, cause like, can't like aside I used to only eat bread and butter and mac and cheese for a long time as a child like literally butter crackers so I tell my grandma I'm like oh grandma I had like Pakistani food last night like Nigerian two weeks ago and like Mediterranean and my grandma's like what (laughs) but it also she's just like I didn't realize there's all these amazing things and like these people so all that to say I don't know exactly yeah but I'm passionate about helping people feel the love of Jesus. And I think sometimes that's practical ways Yeah, and maybe leveraging the privileges that I have mm-hmm. to support other people. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the last two questions I ask every guest at the okay. end of each episode. These are always fun. Um, okay. So the first one is if you can go to lunch with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Okay. I struggle with choosing things so much. You have to choose one. Because <laughs> I'll like read books and be like, this person's so cool. But okay, I'm not going to pick anyone alive because that could still happen. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You never know. Um, and I'm going to go real uh, corny, holy roller. Yeah. Just kidding. But um, I'm going to pick Jesus. Yes. Because I just think if I see him and get to talk to him or am able to like literally observe like how he does stuff... Like, maybe the doubting Thomas and me will be resolved to expect. <laughs> but, like, I just think it would be so cool to see how he interacts with people because he comes in, like, truth and love, right? Yeah. So that's something I always have a hard time with, like, with unbelieving friends and stuff. Like, how do I confront them with the truth? 
but in love. Yeah. Because I can hit too righteous or too loving, yeah. you know? And so I think it would just be a beautiful thing to, like, break bread with Jesus yeah. and see how he talks, how yeah. he walks, how he, you know what I mean? Be like, Jesus, look at that. What would you do about that? <laughs> <laughs> or, and then, like, I don't know what he thinks about me more specifically. And I know we can do that, but. Yes, I know what you mean, but like a physical, yes, yeah. like presence, yeah. No. Like the ultimate teaching experience ultimate, and learning. You know? uh, definitely, the <laughs> ultimate teacher, because the perfect teacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, that's Hands-on learning. There you I'm go. all for... <laughs> Me too. You know, movement with learning. Experiential yeah. learning, yes. Like love reading, but got to move sometimes. <laughs> exactly, that's me too. Okay, so the last one, I love encouragement. I do this with every guest. So if you can encourage anyone right now you're going to encourage them as if they're sitting in front of you so example is if i chose you i would say beth i'm really uh, i really want to encourage you in the fact x y and z so you're going to pick a person and you're going to encourage them now if, it, if you're encouraging them in something very specific that like maybe they don't want to know or they don't want the world to know who they are you can just say just start with encouragement I have, i've had people do that um or if it's just a little bit more vague you can just say okay hey, person and encourage them. So I thought on this, and I'm encourage you, so you can edit it if oh. this ends up sounding funny. Oh my god! But I just have to really shout you out and appreciate you because I mean you've been encouraging me since I was a mess <laughs> and I couldn't even receive it. And I've seen you like I really appreciate your friendship and seeing what a great friend you are and how you share love because you've forgiven me from some nasty things. Um, so you've shown like that forgiveness and that acceptance. And then I just remember, I guess a more specific way, but um, just being in your group and feeling at home, um, you know, meeting your family. I'm like, you come from good stock, but you just share this love and this joy that is beautiful. But even um, traveling with you in February when we were in a wedding together, (laughs) I was just like, Margaret is the ultimate friend. Like we were all getting ready and you're just like, did you eat yet? Do you want food? Like coordinating stuff. And I'm just like, that is, the definition of sacrificial love and it wasn't you weren't earning anything you weren't like you're were just yes! serving your friends and I was like that is beautiful and then I think probably how you've seen me grow I've seen you grow too because I remember when we first were like leading a group together yeah. we are just such different people yeah and the way we'll like read the bible now or the way we'll pray yeah you can just palpably like see that you oh. know like you've submitted a lot of things to God that were probably hard yeah. and plans and stuff. And I think it's just producing such fruit, like this podcast, this, you know, connections. Ah, it's cool. I did not. So thank you for being my friend. Oh my gosh. I did not know that. That's, that's really emotional. I wasn't going to tell you ahead of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would ruin it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thanks Beth. I didn't know that was coming y'all. So Beth is also a very good encourager. Um, seriously, if you're listening and you want to chat with Beth, which you probably do, um, because she is literally awesome. Um, I will tag her on Instagram. I know you won't mind, right? No, okay. not at all. Yeah. And you come can, at me. Yes, if you have any questions, you can follow her. I mean, don't come at me. Like, I do know slide martial her arts, so I will, I will cut you. But no, yes. I'm just kidding, I won't. But slide in her DMs and, um, like, if you have any questions, because she's seriously willing to answer i know she is right yeah Yeah. yes yes awesome okay bye y'all thanks for listening say bye beth bye (laughs) y'all this is wicked fun